0: Everyone and welcome to another episode of Studio Insights with the Bell Vista Studios team. We are looking forward to asking each other questions, getting value from each other and learning from each other so that we can become better practitioners. Before we get into today's episode, we recommend that you check out a, our Creator Hub. There is a ton of value on there that will add value to you as a learning designer Um, From storyboard templates to accessibility, alt-tabbing design, um, graphic design tips. So, go and check it out and find something that will help you in this current moment. Uh, But let's get into today's episode. Victoria, you can ask the first question.
1: Thanks. Um, My question is for both of you. Um, It's kind of a specific question, but I think like the general gist of it would apply to anyone doing any task. Um, So at the moment I'm trying to organize and like plan out the layout of our onboarding bootcamp that we have coming up, Um, Mm -hmm. like setting out what we kind of know, like what they're going to do each day of it, Mm. um, but making sure that they've got like the right resources from us and like links to things and all of that. Mm. Um, And I feel like everything we're giving them is like, already need to know stuff like we know that it will definitely help them if they complete the template or do the activity or whatever it is. Mm. Um, But because we do have so much so many valuable resources like there's there is kind of a lot that we need to give them for each day or some of the days. Um, So I want to know like when there is a lot of content whether it's resources links templates any of that. What can you do to like make it easier for them to digest? Because if there's like five things that we want them to do in one day, I don't want them to be like, holy crap, like how are we going to make, how am I going to get this all done? But what, yeah, like what are your ideas or tips to make it easier for them? When we know that every single thing we're giving them will help. Mm, you want to go first,
2: Hannah?
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so what I usually do when I'm storyboarding, if there's like a lot of resources that they need for something, um, and I don't know if this will work in what you're working on at the moment, but like you do the most important ones. So like, what are the critical ones that they really need to understand or do in order to meet the project goal and make them as like like you must look at these in order to do whatever. And then having like further learning or if you wanna know more or if you wanna take things next level, if you have an extra hour in your day, if you wanna work late on this, then here are some additional things that you can look at. Um, I know a lot of courses do that anyway, like even the, the money manifesting course I'm doing at the moment. There are, like, core things that you need to do. And then it's, like, if you want to take things next level, here are, like, all these other things that you can do. But, like, for me, I don't have the time to do that because I'm working full time. So I'll just do the the bare minimum in order to get me to where I need to get. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I would recommend. You can go, Kim, while I continue to I think. Okay. Um, I would...
2: I basically would say put yourself into the shoes of the user and think about the user journey. So yes, there's five things to achieve in the day, but which one comes first and what do you need for that first output that you're going to do? And then what comes next? And then what do you need there? And it, I think It's like, uh, do you, like Hannah said, do you have to use it? Like, as in, we're going to do it together now. So everybody open it or it's like, this is something that will support you to do it better. Further learning, take it next level. Kind of like planning a holiday. It's like you got five days and all of the things that you really, really want to see. And then it's like, how do you decide? Actually, this actually you'll be good at this based on what you've been telling me, but it's like, um, okay, well, roughly you need this amount of time and those things are in that particular city area. So you group them together and then it's like, oh, which order am I going to go see them in? Well, that one doesn't open till 10 o'clock. So I'll go to this one first. So yeah. it's, it's, Transferable, I would say.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: definitely. Anything else? Breaking it the you come out after breaking it. <laughs> um. And you
2: had a dramatic face on as well. So I was like breaking it. And then I just, (laughs) (laughs) yeah.
0: Part of the lesson I was trying to share with you. (laughs) uh, Like breaking down, like you've got your overarching goal for the whole boot camp, but breaking it down to like, what do they actually need to do at the end of this day? So day one, they have to like write their content They need to write it in a way that so people understand the why and being really specific around what they need to do and then matching up the resources to that. And Mm -hmm. maybe you've got like two resources that help them do the same thing. So then you can question do they really need to do both or can one be better and then the other one is just like support if Mm -hmm. they've got time or need more information. it's less overwhelming then I feel like you break down the days into like and then into steps like you've got more actionable observable things to deal with rather than like just the whole boot camp
1: yeah
2: and that's the thing is just realizing it's actually a planning task an organizing task so it takes time it's mm-hmm. not just the like oh yeah I can see it all in front of me it's like like god forbid you use a pencil and a rubber like you want to be able to copy and paste or you want to have a tablet that you can just go look i thought it was over there but now this one's grouped over here so that's me on it honestly
0: and potentially if you're putting pressure on yourself because you're running out of time checking in early to say this isn't possible within the allocated time because of x we need to plan a different way of doing it and it might mean like you and I do it together another time or you have more time tomorrow Kim says no you have to do it and then you just do it (laughs)
2: Yeah,
0: yeah she would give you more time
2: Softening the blow. Yeah, you've already hit your de- like missed that <laughs> notification
1: deadline. No. So it's on track, I assume. Well done. Well <laughs> so it is. And like what you guys have said, like I have been applying that. Like the tips that you've given, like that is the process I've been following. Yeah. But yeah, I think I still like am finding it a bit challenging. And even because I'm trying to like frame things when there is like five resources. I'm trying to, like, frame things to, like, if you want to do this, use this. Mm. But then if it's, like, (laughs) five things of that, then, yeah. It's, like, I want to do all of them, so then it's a lot (laughs) if they want to do all of them. Or I should say think about how I'm framing things. I'm trying to, like, because I've grouped the things I think people need each day. But then it's like within that certain things can be grouped together as like optional things if there's a specific something that they want to develop in their course or whatever. Mm. Um, So, yeah, some things are like optional, I would say, depending what the participant wants to do. But, yeah, Mm. trying to figure out like those linking things to figure out where things sit, like what is 100% must do and what's if you wanna do something like this, here's a link or something to help you. Yeah.
2: I would say there, so basically Hannah and I, it sounds like we've just validated what you're already doing.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then, so for me, what I'm hearing is the problem is actually not really around the organization. It's more around the grouping of the value add and how that's communicated L- like the uh, optional extras that you're saying it's like how are you how are you categorizing the optional
1: extras is that what you're getting at now i don't know it's kind of like it's part of both because it is like the grouping itself like yeah. what actually should be an optional thing
2: yeah
1: and then yeah, the framing to make it clear that it's an optional thing,
2: but mm. uh, you
1: know, like some things I think are just necessary, and then there might be a lot of those. Like it might be yep. too much. I don't know. I kind of see them like linked to get, like the problems linked together.
2: I think with that, I'd say, are they going to use it live in the five days, or is mm-hmm. it a value add? Like yeah if we have time or if you want inspiration for the thing you're actually going to use, like it's a template, right? So fill in, type in, click and drag, mm-hmm. do something versus everything else. And then you have identified like patterns within the value add or the options or the, mm, this is helpful, or this would be nice for them to consider. So you're kind of, and then that's where it's getting a little bit difficult, but going back to the scope is, we're not really there to sprinkle and delight in the five days. That's something that happens afterwards or it's an option, right? So remembering what the scope is, is to, um, for example, storyboard the content. Now, if you decide that you're um, the, the opening why message on your storyboard, instead of just for this is very basic example that i'm giving instead of just an image with text you say i'd love to do an animation or a video and then you're like i need the video planning logistics template or i need the script writing um blog to support that that's outside the scope of what you are actually like what we're supporting for our learners so therefore i'd just say anything that is not usable is an optional extra and it fits within day one AM or it fits within day one PM and the AM of day two. So therefore you put the resource in both optional extra spaces, but for day one and day two. I don't think you need to get as specific because not everyone is going to apply Mm -hmm. them. It's on a, it's kind of like, here's some beautiful things that do delight. What one do you want to use relevant to where you're at? And we can support them. That's where the coaching and stuff comes from. But from the actual, I am a learner and I'm going to use this now and produce this output as Mm -hmm. per the scope um this is it this is how I'm categorizing is how I would look at it
1: yeah
2: how does that sit now
1: with yeah. what? No, I think that, on yeah. It. yeah that will help me I think And I think
2: that's where I'll just say probably the benefit for people listening and is um it seems like it got a bit hard and then the the pause is. This seems like it's a bit unrealistic for me to achieve in the timeframe that I've been allocated. Um, Now, is that a matter of the the task has now changed shape? It's bigger than anticipated. We assumed things, we didn't consider things. Is it a bit hard and maybe you're getting too lost in the detail? Um, So therefore, can I get a second opinion, just validate does this make sense to you so I think it's the the important thing there is like it seems a bit harder than it needs to be what what can I take responsibility on there and make it a bit easier for myself what else <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> honey you're the facilitator
0: <laughs> hey, out! I thought you were still talking <laughs> we're all just like sitting here
2: waiting <laughs> it didn't look like you were frozen I thought you were just like intently like oh yeah like <laughs> um For anyone that is interested, we are that what Vic is working on is if you're working on an onboarding, if you're working on an induction, new starter, joining an organization, go check out the Creator Hub and have a look at the onboarding bootcamp. You will get a lot of insights in there onto what makes an effective onboarding experience, things to um, consider. We've done it for so many organizations um, that we have been able to figure out a secret, formula that we're now instead of well we still do it for clients but we're inviting them to do it as a group and do it with them um so yes i would just encourage you to go check that out and get some tips and insights and hints and if it would add value to the onboarding that you're creating
0: cool all right thank you for that kim i will do my best to continue with these connectivity Issues. Okay, we will pay attention to you and <laughs> see if you have the robot. There's probably a reason why if I'm not moving because I generally do. <laughs> I, she's holding her breath for a very long time. <laughs> um okay, so Kim, would you like to ask your question then? Yes, okay. Thank you. I um
2: I was wondering for both of you. When you've invested so much into something, whether that is time or energy, whether that is a couple of hours or a couple of days or like a long, many years of your life, how do you pull the plug or stop it? What are some tactics? (laughs)
0: do <laughs> it I honestly think the pain has to be bad enough that you can do it because for me like that I find that very hard if I've spent a lot of time and effort in like with something for me to pull the, pull the plug it means like I'm really experiencing a lot of pain with it and I'm not getting any value from it anymore or it's like I know it's not right for me so for me it has to reach that level which may not be the healthiest way because it probably could happen earlier um, so I guess it is like channeling into like your intuition and if like you're getting a really strong feeling like yeah. you just do it <laughs> I need to And now Dang. she's
2: frozen. <laughs> I need to pause and stop. Um, Hannah, what was your, thanks everyone for your patience with the internet cutting in and out. So I know it's a bit disjointed, um, but the value is so good and not as painful. So that's why you'll continue to listen. Um, Vic, do you want to go? Do
1: you have any um, tips? Well, yeah. do you mean like how do you know that it's at the point where you should pull the plug or like? Yes. Yes. <laughs>
2: yeah. That sounds like a good idea. That's why I'm saying yes. And I'll then tell you if I, it's lacking, if it's not yeah. actually the thing I'm trying to, I'm still processing is that the thing I want to know the answer to.
1: I think, like, I agree with what Hannah was saying. Like, it's,
2: Mm.
1: is, like, the pain. I think for me it's, like, is the pain of what I'm doing more than whatever good outcome could happen if I kept going? Mm Because, like, some things will be hard or uncomfortable or, like, horrible, but you know that it's going to be, like, worth it in the end. But if you're, like, (laughs) oh, it's... (laughs) It might be really good but it's not good enough for what i'm experiencing like the bad stuff i'm experiencing then i would question it um but yeah i
2: think oh sorry yeah keep going for a second
1: i think like you also need to figure out exactly what the pain is like is it like you can't be bothered is it that you're too busy for it is it you're not like that invested in it you just feel like it's something you should do like i think that plays a part of it as well yeah um and then depending on what your answer to that is could mean like all right well then why the hell am i doing it anyway mm. um
2: What, are, what would then be some clues that this is painful? So, um, yeah.
1: If it's something you, like, consistently are putting off working on. Mm. Um, if when you work on it you hate it or, have like, think, like, what's the point of this? Why am I doing this? I wish I didn't have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um. I believe in, like, the gut feeling too. Like, if <laughs> when you're working on it, something – even if you can't explain it, if it's just something doesn't feel right. Yeah. I think obviously then you need to, like, delve deeper into it and try and figure out why it doesn't feel right because I feel like there is not – your gut is normally tied to something that's happened. Mm. But I still think just that, like, gut reaction. Mm-hmm. Is telling of something. Yeah. Um,
0: i think as well if it absolutely exhausts you every single time because <laughs> i know when i'm like doing things that i know aren't right for me like i'm like this i'm not getting any energy from this like it's just draining me every single time mm. something i noticed for me and i know there are things like victoria said that like you just have to do sometimes because it's worth it for like other good outcomes in your life but if it's like The whole thing is always exhausting and always draining then and it's not worth the good outcome like don't do it
1: i think as well with what you because initially you said like tips for like how to like pull out of something um like, just because you might want to give up on one thing doesn't mean you can't do something. There might be something, like, another option that, Love that. you that. Yep. the same outcome from or, like, mm-hmm. a similar outcome from, but you don't have to go through the same hateful approach. Yep. Like, it doesn't have to be throwing years of work down the drain necessarily. Like, generally...
2: adapting would- it. Yeah. yeah. Is Until there something it. you can salvage? Is there something from it that does give you the spark? How does that continue, but you get rid yeah. of the other shit? Yeah, that's cool. I like that.
1: And even just ignore, even if you do nothing, if you don't adapt it to anything, at least like reflecting on what you have done, you should learn. You should have learned something. So maybe it's just one of those things where it's like a learning (laughs) experience. Um, You should be able to take something from it if you put that much energy into it and it's been bad, then... There's got to be like a lesson. <laughs> I feel like there's some corny quote. I can't think of it, but it's about like bad things being a lesson.
0: I can't remember what it is. Yeah, it's like I feel like something good comes out of bad things. There's always like a little, maybe not always, not all situations. <laughs> I feel like in many situations there's like a little bit of good that comes out of it, whether it made you stronger, made you more resilient, you learnt what's right and not right for you. Um, you know what not to do in the future. Like I feel yeah. like you can get something from it, even if mm. it's not tangible output that you're originally planning. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Like your lesson could literally be, I will never do that again in my life, <laughs> <laughs> and I will advise anyone I meet not to do, like not to do. That. <laughs> I'm pretty good at
2: that, but I get like. Time passes and then I'm like, was it really that bad? Should I reintroduce it a couple of years later or whatever?
1: Well, you're gonna like journaling and stuff and doing reflective exercises. So like write it down and read it back and be like, does that still apply to me? I actually
2: do have a like a list like that that is mm-hmm. um I call it like my zero tolerance list and it's all the things that I like have a zero tolerance for like I absolutely cannot do this again it's been it's caused some sort of pain at at some point or some it is just has it cannot have a place in my life basically in my existence and I look at that frequently to remind myself to make decisions take actions and that is actually really helpful they're like very very values based things or protection based things or whatever probably like values um but that's really really helpful for me is to have them written down because then i'm like Mm -hmm. oh my god they're on the special list not yeah. just like, hmm, I think I had a, a bad experience there or I don't think I really liked it that much. Maybe I will try the oyster. And then I'm like, no, I hate oysters. <laughs> That's why I'm a vegetarian.
1: <laughs> yes, it's a good tactic. Yeah. Well, you definitely do forget, like, over time, if you've had a bad experience, like, which is kind of good. It's a good um, <laughs> thing for your brain to do, but... Mm. Yeah, if you've got it, like, written down, what did I hate about this? <laughs> and if you looking back at that list, you might be like, oh, well, I have a solution to that part of it now. Mm, or, like,
2: that's really cool.
1: Like, if it, I don't know, if it was just a task you hated, say it's social media and you're like, I hate doing that. <laughs> I'm never going to do social media posts. And then in 10 years, you're like, oh, I can hire, I can afford to hire someone to do it all.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think as well in that little list, it's useful to be, like, remember this example like this is why this is a rule for you yeah I think that's cool the hindsight stuff is good but it I'm I think the challenge I'm just going back to my like original asking of the question is like when does it become a zero like which is I guess where Hannah started from it's causing too much pain in your life and you're procrastinating you're you're not energized by it yeah
1: I think you've answered a similar question to that for me or for Hannah even, Mm -hmm. where we talked about like red flags with stakeholders or like how to know when to like maybe end (laughs) business Mm -hmm. relationships or something. And it's like if something is consistently coming up, that's a red flag. You've taken action, maybe they've tried to take action and Mm -hmm. it hasn't changed. Yeah. Like that's...
2: (laughs) If you can't it is change- true, but I'm just thinking of my example, like yeah. yesterday I literally had so many red flags and I was like, you know not to do this, Kim. And then I was still like willing it on <laughs> to the very last minute. Yeah. Actually, do you know what my process was there? I'm just thinking now was I was exhausting all possible options for it to still be a possibility. And so my last thing was reach out to people that I respect and that I value their opinion to close any gaps that I thought might still mean this might happen. Reach out to use, didn't tell you that I had that vibe, right? You didn't know that in the beginning, I was just kind of, give me your truthful, honest opinion, even though I was very close to pulling the pin. I was just like, I need to do it one more time, do it with the team, see what the go is. And then, um, you gave me that thing I even put rules in remember and then I was like even with those rules it hasn't stopped this thing therefore I'm pulling the plug and I before that I expressed it so I gave you guys the opportunity to pull back up push back on my intuition around it
1: mm. and then
2: we couldn't resolve it and it meant yeah pull the plug
1: yeah well I actually think even that in itself is like a tip the fact that when you came to us you said like is there anything stopping this from happening Mm -hmm. like I got you didn't say it explicitly but like I got the feeling from you like it was an option for it to not happen so that made it me feel more comfortable to be like all right well don't do it then or like Mm. about this this and this instead whereas I guess sometimes when people are asking for advice you don't know like how far they're willing to go. So you can be hesitant to, mm. I wouldn't like, if That's you came crazy. to me normally, I wouldn't be like, Oh, well don't do it then. Like <laughs> it's not something I would, cause I'd be like, you're obviously coming to me cause you want to do it. But I think knowing that you are having hesitations, it like opens up the advice people can give you. Yeah. So if one yeah. of your checklist things is like ask people I respect for advice, like I think it can be useful for you to say to them, I don't know if I want to do this or not. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, like, <laughs> depending who it is, sometimes when you give me advice, it's like, if I think you really want to do this, I'm going to be trying to, like, convince you of why you should. But maybe it shouldn't
2: be. <laughs> that. Yeah. Like, it it's be parameters fine. on what you want feedback on. Yeah. And what's the extent of, yeah, like, the work that you've done so far, so you're not mm-hmm. kind of having the repeated yeah yeah repeated conversation or processing that you've done yeah
1: it's
2: good insight
1: thank Don't you no worries thanks
2: Hannah as well Hannah's internet has crashed <laughs> so she is out which means we'll sit here and not know what to do next no, just,
1: <laughs> She just put her,
2: her question in the chat um which like was <laughs> You want to ask it? Can <laughs> um, you please
1: impersonate Hannah? <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I have no idea what she's talking about. So. <laughs> yeah, so, um, Kim. Oh, you go, you go. What is your biggest takeaway from the Rich Role interview of Rick Rubin? How can learning designers apply it to their world?
2: Okay, so people listen to this podcast, please. Yeah. Um, Sometimes there's just podcasts that are like, that was good. And then I'm like, this one hit on a different level and provoked a lot of different thinking. Um, Whether it's right or wrong doesn't matter. But the fact that it was provoking different thinking on topics such as leadership, bias, creativity, problem solving, um, that sort of stuff, I think it's very valuable for people in our industry anyway, because we tend to either work Doing those kinds of things, we bring bias into our work. We need to be creative for our work. We might be leading a team. We might be creating um, training that is helping people pr- solve problems. We solve problems as learning designers. You might be doing a leadership training course. So yes, that's it's on Spotify. It's on YouTube as well. Um, what did? so what it was about was those kinds of things, but a very different perspective on it. So Rick Rubin is a music producer. I don't know too much about him. It's just like came up and was like, I'll listen to it. Um, and I think he's worked with some of the top artists of like many generations. So I'll just say like Jay-Z rapper kind of person, um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. So quite significant bands and musicians who are kind of thought of as pioneers and it talks about the how, how the music comes about and when they leave errors in the music and how the jamming sessions are the best. And it's about that kind of flow state as well as what I noticed coming into it. So there's a lot around the expression of the true self to find, not even to, it's not finding, that's the thing. It's the letting go, the surrender to express the true essence of what it is that is being expressed whether it's through lyrics or through um notes and instruments playing together or whatever which then go on to be the best I don't know win awards or known as like timeless songs and still populate like 10 20 30 years on and even just little tactics like he talks about um, if you're a guitarist you know go play an instrument you've never played before, because that is the way that you get back to the truest form of creative expression. So it was, it's just like quite an interesting, um, conversation. And I actually have it floated as something I want to listen to again, which is a rare thing for me because I didn't reflect in it. I actually just was like, I'm just, this is the one time I'm going to just listen to it and, not have judgment and not try to apply just to really kind of experience it so I don't have too much to share in how I can say it is how learning designers can apply it but I guess some of the things that on a very small level that I did allow that reflection or application por- process to happen for myself was The listen to the intuition, create space to prioritize your intuition. And that might even mean creating an extra 10, 20 minutes on top of your task to get into the right headspace to be able to do that task. So if I think about for myself, um, I have been facilitating a lot of workshops this week. And so and I can feel my energy going and I'm also trying to like support you guys and I've got other tasks going on I have my tasks and like literally this time to like I don't know where I'm staying tomorrow night like I have no plans I need to find accommodation all of that so I've got I feel like I'm in like a a bit of a pressure situation and I didn't want that to impact my uh, the experience I was creating through the workshop. So we've got the cohorts, so I'm doing coaching. I'm also facilitating analysis workshops for the clients. So they, I know that they take a lot of energy, a lot of problem solving, a lot of thinking on your feet. And I didn't want my fatigue or anything to impact my true essence. Cause when I'm my best warm, I bring a lot of value in those spaces. So what that looked like was get up and go without your phone or anything and have a coffee and sit in the cafe, which means the the value of that is if I get a takeaway, I come back and I sit in front of the laptop and then I'm kind of distracted by like notifications or my calendar, or I'm not there to get present. So when Mm -hmm. I sit in the cafe, the coffee has to cool down um, and it just created space for me to get back into my zone. I had no distractions. I just stared at the sidewalk, which allowed me, and I was also like kind of doing breathing to get back. What I found was when I get into this situation, I get into my head a lot. Now, it's not like I'm in my head beating myself up. That's not what I mean by that. But I actually feel pressure in my head of I'm thinking, I'm analyzing, I'm doing that sort of stuff and what I know about myself in the role of a coach or facilitating is that if I can get into my heart that's where I'm present and that's where I can offer true value from solving the true true problem that someone brings to me when they ask a question and I'm like I don't quite think that you're asking the question that you really need help with and yeah creating that space for myself to then show up as my expression my true kind of whatever those songs are like the best song that an artist could create that's my version of being able to create that and it's getting into the zone for that um and then also like another side of it is if i think about that instrument like play an instrument like with a different one or like I'm right-handed dominantly um, doing like brush your teeth with your left hand. I walk down one street to a cafe. Why don't I go the opposite way on the block to just break my state and how that kind of frees me to get into my heart a bit more um, and get out of the analytical mind, I guess. So there's some of the tactics that I would say. Um, And then What else did I remember from that podcast? It's about the authenticity of your true self. And I think we experience this quite a lot and we're seeing it a lot. But when you are your authentic self, you attract authentic people as well. They could be very different from you, but they're aligned. And I think that's where the collaboration, the creativity, the respect, the trust, the communication the, um, the I don't know what it is, like the thriving, the success, the, the best solution, whatever it is that comes from that. And he's very authentic um, and you see, he's not trying to answer to please the interviewer um, or telling us what, yeah, like they're a huge band, um, and I probably have all these stories about it, but that's not what we're here to talk about. What we're talking here is about creativity. So just not even trying to please the audience or to please the person he's having a conversation with, or he's very egoless, I thought that Rick Wright Rubin person. And I, I think that allowed for the the deep level of conversation that happened in that particular podcast. And I think when you can be your authentic self as a human, as a colleague, you then attract the space even in a meeting to be able to say, you, like from my deepest depths, I do not think that is the right way for us to proceed forward on the project. And you can say something so like stopping it, like stopping something that might be months, 18 months in and millions of dollars spent on a project or something when you can come from that self it is the true essence the in the intent is right and people will not resist as much as we we shouldn't do this anymore you know like there's a difference in how you communicate and i think yeah that's probably what i have to say about that
1: hmm. that sounds interesting makes me want to listen to it <laughs> there's
2: no crime in there that's for sure <laughs> yeah
1: I'll have to tell Hannah to watch this
2: back. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good episode. Rick Rubin and Rich Roll, you'll find it on the internet. He's got a new book out. I actually have the book. I think that's why he's on the podcast circuit and why it floated, but it's a book on creativity, um, and I'm quite curious about that. So I'll listen and feed that back when I have listened to it. Sounds good. Do you want to end the
1: episode?
2: <laughs> it has ended. Goodbye. <laughs> What's up, awesome human? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. On behalf of myself and the Bell Vista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you wanna take your skills to the next level or you wanna make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place for people like you and us. Basically, it's the stuff that we use internally at Belvista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers. And what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz could I be a better instructional designer that has so much tips and the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating, the problems you want to solve. But in there as well, aren't we cute? That's us. Um, But we've got the coaching courses, freebies, give us gratitude, and also we've got some templates. And basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design, instructional design, and e-learning. So a human-centered design focus is very much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio. So putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs. So there's the human-centered design stuff and then we've also got the business stuff. So this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world. So go check it out. The link is in the description. You can check out everything that is available for you. Thank you for choosing to learn with us. Continuously invest in your skills. You will be rewarded as an instructional designer, share this stuff, share it with other people because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.